What's going on, guys? It's Joseph Crush from the Wrestling Journal Podcast. This week, we have a special episode. My first solo interview with Bill Carr, also known as Dutch, from The Righteous, former Ring of Honor Trios champion, uh, currently one of the best underrated big men in the business. And uh, it was a great interview for, for my first go-around. So give it some love. Show it some love. Uh, we, we go over stories from when he was in FCW, signed with WWE. Uh, great stories from, from some familiar names we currently know today. Uh, we, we talk about his 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 career within tag team wrestling with Team Tremendous with Dan Barry uh, throughout the indies. And uh, some current stuff as well. We go over some horror movies at the end, too. If you're into horror movies, we talk about some horror at the end. Uh, give it a go, man. It's, it's, like I said, it's my first interview. Hopefully you guys showed some love. Uh, share it around to your friends. And expect more uh, from this type of content going forward. Uh, the the interview is also on YouTube as well. So if you want to go check out the visual, see my beautiful face, maybe for, for the first time, uh, go, give it a, go give it some love, boys. Boys and girls, right? Um, so... Go check it out, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Hey, man, thank you so much for your time. How's everything going? Happy holidays. Well, you too, man. Thanks for having me. Everything's uh, everything's all right, I guess. Everything's pretty good. How about you? It's going good, man. It's going. It's, uh, you know, it's a weird time in life, but, uh, you know, we're getting through it. And uh, well, got to work. Got to go. Keep going. Um, just let's get right into it, man. Uh You've been wrestling for how long now? Uh, Twenty, I think I looked it up, or maybe my research could be wrong. But twenty ten was a was a start. Um, date yeah, so I got. I guess that's really when I started consistently getting booked. So I started training in the summer of two thousand six. Okay, um, but it was only it was only during the summer, and it was only during like nice days out obviously because the mm-hmm. ring was outside and it was just kind of whenever we were able to get there so i didn't have my first real match until uh november of 2008 i okay. think i would i would say it was my first match so that's how long ago is that now 2014 years ago 14 years yeah yeah, yeah 14 wow. years this month i guess okay. yeah. yeah awesome man uh now did you go through like proper training was it like so you hear different stories you go to a school you pay for it or you just learn in the backyard sense uh how how was that process for you yeah so i wrestled in high school okay. and when i was on varsity the modified team would be finishing up their practice as we were coming in and one day I came in a little bit early and I noticed, I recognized one of the guys that was picking up his son. Mm. And it was uh, Tony DeVito from the Baldies from ECW. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. And I was like, oh my God, like, <laughs> I didn't even know he lived in the area. Yeah. And uh, so I went up to him and like, I, I came early the next day knowing that he'd be there. So I talked to him and I went up and told him, you know, I'm a big fan because I was going to Ring of Honor shows at the time, too, when he was part of the Carnage crew. And we just started talking and everything. And he mentioned that he has a wrestling school that was in the area, which, again, I had no, it was actually, at the time, was right behind my parents' house. Wow. Like, okay. like I, could, I could literally walk in the backyard, and it's literally directly behind my parents' house. And uh, he was like, yeah, I mean, when, if, if, if you want to, like, once you're done – with school 
and everything, you know, if you want, I'll, I'll train you. So uh, I held him to that. But I, when I initially, because I originally wanted to start training as soon as I graduated high school. Okay. And he had just sold his ring. So we didn't have a ring. So he said, if you find a ring, you know, I'll train you. And it wasn't until the following year um, where a guy I went to high school with called me and told me that, hey, somebody has a ring in their backyard, like an actual real wrestling ring in their backyard in, in Newburgh, where I'm from. Hmm. I was like, oh, that's great. So I went there and, you know, it's backyard wrestling and stuff. Yeah. Because we had a real ring, we thought, oh, we're legitimate now. You know, yeah. doing real, real yeah. pro wrestling. So it was pretty quick where I was like, you know what? I want to get trained. So I called DeVito up. I was like, we got a ring. I'm holding you to it. So let's 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 start this. And, uh, yeah, then it started from there. And then, yeah, like I said, we could only train during certain times of the, uh, the summer when it was nice out and everything. So it took a while to really, I guess, finish – my training before my first match. Gosh, okay. <clears throat> the first match, I, I don't even remember who was really in it, but it was, mm-hmm. uh, it was an eight-man tag. It was in Connecticut somewhere. At, I don't know, like a, like a town hall center where like you have like communion parties and stuff yeah, like that. Of course, that. yeah. That's where that's where they, they happen a lot, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the usual place. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess yeah. Yeah, so November 2008, my first match, and then yeah, here and there I'd get booked, but I was also going to school at the time too. So okay. I was doing a lot. I was going down to Long Island frequently, like not every weekend, but Weekends that I could get down there, and I was training at the FTW school, it was called. The company was called FTW Bits at Long Island. Okay. And um, go down there and just, you know, screw around and stuff and have some fun. And then eventually wound up getting booked, like, the end of 2009 into 2010 pretty consistently on a monthly basis with them. Mm. And it was pretty shortly after that. Um, was it March or a- April of 2010? I wound up getting signed by WWE, so it was pretty, pretty quick. Yeah, I was going to get into that. Uh, how did how did that process happen? Did you submit? Were you submitting tapes? I I don't know how the time. I know time frames are different. Like you, you hear stories, submit tapes to get looks at or look at, or you know someone that would maybe put you put a good word in for you. How how was that process to get signed by WWE? This this was I came across a link. Online, I, I remember reading something that WWE was having tryouts at the OVW school. It cost a hundred dollars, okay, and you just had to get yourself there, and that was it. So, yeah, I think you just had to submit an eight by ten. You didn't have to submit any tapes or anything. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I actually skipped out on like my midterms and everything to go to the tryout, and like you hear all these different stories about tryouts and everything, how like they push you to like your absolute limit, yeah, and everything. We didn't do anything at this tryout. <laughs> <laughs> we did nothing. Um, we were broken up into like four groups from like beginner to advanced or whatever. We were all doing the same stuff. Hmm. Uh, it was like a half hour of the easiest drills you could possibly imagine. And then doing 45 minutes of chain wrestling, which at the time was just 
I can, I knew like two or three things, but yeah. I noticed that there was a camera going around the entire time filming us. Okay. So I knew how to nip up. So whenever that camera was around me, I nipped up every single time. So that's probably all that that's probably all they have in me on that on that on that tryout tape. Um yeah, so then we yeah, chain wrestling, then part three was we sit down for an hour and watch wrestling. Okay. That's part of the tryout. Okay. And then you do a minute promo, and that was it. Then day two was everybody was involved in an eight-man tag. And you had one minute to show what you can do, and that was it. And I left early too. I had I left. I had to go catch my plane back to Albany, and I left early. But when I was leaving, I did see John Laurinaitis there, and I said, mm-hmm. "Hey, nice to meet you. My name's Bill. Yada yada yada. You know, I have to, I have to leave your tryout early." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I am, I wound up getting signed a few weeks later. <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome, man. Uh, I guess like I, from what you said, I had two questions out of that. Now you had that eight man tag to kind of show off that minute that you get. Are you, quote unquote, getting all your shit in, or are you trying to work a style that maybe they, that would appeal to the people that are looking at you? I had no idea yeah. what I was doing. <laughs> I did pretty much the same thing I did while I was chain wrestling. Okay. Maybe threw a punch and a kick, maybe a DDT and a nip up. Okay. And uh, that was it. That's that's what got me hired. <laughs> hey man, uh, any do you remember any uh, people that were with you in, during that tryout that that maybe are still around today or any notable names? I that, wish, uh, I wish I yeah. did. And I, like I said, I know that it was filmed, so I know that that video is around somewhere. Mm. If anybody knows where it is, I'd love to watch it. But the guy that I was paired up with, um, who I was chain wrestling with. I picked him because he looked in good shape. Mm. So I figured if I'm with a guy who looks like a wrestler, like looks like the WWE type that they're looking for, maybe that would showcase me a little bit more. And he wound up not getting an offer, but he was trained by John Moxley. And when I was down in FCW, I later learned that from him when we were talking and he asked me like, what, like what tryout I went to and everything. And I told him, I told him who I was with. And he was like, Oh, that's insane. Like I, I trained him and I trained him specifically for that tryout. I was like, Oh, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. That's crazy. Uh, and now, so you're with FCW after this, you get the, Mm -hmm. you get the, uh, contract, uh, that was for a year. I want to say from what I looked up or. Yeah. So it was, I signed a three year contract, Mm. But I was released – I was there for about a year and a half or so. I got hired in April of 2010 and then released at the end of August in 2011. Okay. Yeah, so a little – about a year and a half, I'd say. And you mentioned Mox. Like the time frame you were there, you were with notably a, a, a lot of guys that are big stars today, mm-hmm. Roman, Seth, Moxley, Bray. Uh, how Do you have any good stories – that about from just spending time with them down there, do you still stay in touch with them? How how is that? Uh, oh yeah, I, I I I still stay in touch with with pretty much all of them. Mm. I talk to uh, Rollins pretty much on a consistent basis. You okay. know, me and him, we we hit it off like right away. Um, because he was one of like at, when I got hired, they were still hiring like football players and mm. bodybuilders and stuff, but. Rollins was the first guy that had the indie buzz behind him that they hired. Yeah. And I was always a fan of his beforehand. 
So when he came in, like you could tell that everybody was like intimidated or like mad that he was there because here's this guy who's coming in right now looking to steal the top spot, which rightfully so. Um, So he was kind of like alone for a little while. So I was like, "Ah, you know what? He probably doesn't care, but you know, I, I feel bad. So I went over and started talking to him and I was like, Hey, like we have this show tonight. If you want to ride with me, like you're more than welcome. So he, you know, took me up in the offer and like the rest is history, but the car rides were great. Cause it was me, Rollins, Xavier Woods, Moxley when he got signed later on. And it, or the original was me, Seth and Xavier Woods. Okay. Then Juice Robinson came along and great. then Moxley came along. So that was the car ride once everybody was all together. And we had, we had some great times. Um, Oh, uh, there's probably so Moxley just wrote his book not too yes. long ago. Yeah, I actually have it. I haven't gotten to read it yet, but I do have it yet. So I was really looking forward to some of the stories that he would tell in this book. And right off the bat, one of the first things he says is like, I'm not gonna tell any stories from FCW because mm. it will <laughs> incriminate some people that were involved in these stories. <laughs> so I'm like, damn it. Um but I will tell you the first his first day, I'll tell this story. His first day in FCW. We had a show, uh house show somewhere. I don't remember exactly where, but we had the day off the next day. So a bunch of us went out and had some drinks and he didn't really know exactly where he lived. Okay. At the time, he just drove down. He he found the cheapest room to rent and just took it. It was I think he he says it in the book. It was it was a crack house pretty yeah. much. Um. So yeah, we go out and everything, and we're having a good time. We're drinking, and at some point, we just all go our separate ways. Mm-hmm. I forgot who was there. There was there was there was there was a good amount of people there, but we all go our separate ways and. I remember waking up from a phone call from uh, EC3. Mm. He's like, hey, I got some bad news. I'm like, what? What's going on? He's like, we lost Moxley. Oh, boy. And I'm like, what do you mean we lost Moxley? He's like, ah, we all just left without him. We didn't know where he went. So I'm like, what do you mean you didn't know where he went? Like, you guys, the car that he was in, like, you guys were responsible for him, and you completely screwed it up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... Then I called Rollins, and again, like Rollins, he's like a mentor to me, and especially at the time there too. Um, so it was almost like I had the phone in my hand. It was almost like calling my dad to tell me that I, you know, I did something wrong, <laughs> and that's what the kind of that's how the conversation kind of went. Um, I told him, I'm like, yeah, uh, I got some bad news. I guess uh, we lost Moxley last night. <laughs> And he his his response was like I'm I'm so disappointed in you. And I'm like oh my god, that's gonna feel bad. <laughs> yeah. So and he's like you got to go find him. And then I was like well I got pretty drunk last night and don't know where my car is. So you got to come pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> so he had to come grab me. And then we're driving around uh, Tampa, trying to trace back my steps and. Uh, because Rollins, Rollins isn't a he's not a he he doesn't party he's, a, he's not a big drinker or anything yeah. so he, he would never he would never come out 
Um, but then I'm remembering, I'm like, okay, I rem- I kind of remember where he lives because I had to go, we picked him up. And, well, no, first, so first off, Moxley drove his car to Rollins' apartment that day, and we all got in the car and drove together. Okay. So Rollins goes back to his apartment. He's like, okay, let, hopefully his car's not here. We pull in the parking lot. It's the first car there. And the windows are rolled down. The keys are just thrown in the front seat. <laughs> like, what? How, like, how does this, like, how, why do you do this in the first place? All the windows are rolled down. Yeah. Anybody could just Anyone could take right it. Now. Anybody <laughs> could take it. So we're like, okay, uh, that's bad sign number one. Um, so then again, we're driving around, and I kind of remembered where he lived. So we turned down the street, and I see the house. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is it, because it's it's a crack house. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no cars in the driveway, and I get out of the car and walk up the front door, and the front door is kicked in. Mm. And I'm like, oh, no. So I go, I go in the house, and there is no sign of Moxley or anybody. Oh boy! So I'm like, oh my god, this is bad. This is really bad. <laughs> so then we we go back to Ron's apartment, and we're trying to figure out like, what do you what what do we do? And he's like, we no, it's like, what do you do? You're responsible for <laughs> You're this. Responsible. I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> like I'm pacing back and forth in an apartment, and all of a sudden I get a phone call from. Uh, Joey Mercury. And I'm like, oh no. So I answer the phone. I'm like, hello. And he's like, what the hell did you do last night? Mm. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, Moxley is in the lobby of my apartment complex right now, covered in dirt, and looks like he got hit by a truck. Oh boy. So I'm like, so he's alive. And he's like, what do you mean he's alive? Yes, he's alive. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's it. That's all I need to know. I'll be, I'll be right down. So um, here we go downstairs, and yeah, sure enough, there he is, just looking like a pile of shit. <laughs> and um, the weird thing was, though, when when I got there, I was so relieved that he was alive. Yeah, that I couldn't. I was like uncontrollably farting for some reason. <laughs> I couldn't stop. <laughs> I don't know why that happened. Um, but that's my favorite part of the story. <laughs> it was all the it was all the relief coming out. You were all tense. It was all yeah. yeah it, it we've was. all been there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, in the end, um, he's alive, and uh, now you know where he is. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a great story, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you mentioned Joey Murky real quick. It was mm-hmm. he. I don't. I, I'm trying. I'm not familiar with my time. He was. Act, he was an active wrestler with you guys. Then there was he training. No, he was. He he was a trainer at the time. So okay. he. Um. Had that injury with the ladder. The ladder, yes. And I guess he got, you know, maybe hooked back on drugs at the time too and was sent to rehab. Came back, was supposed to wrestle, but he was like, you know what? I don't I don't want to anymore. I'd rather go down to FCW and be a coach. And he's one of the smartest guys in wrestling. Yeah, I was going to say, all the stories I've heard from other interviews I've watched, he has such a great mind for the business. And, uh, I mean – you, like you could tell he was a great worker, but like just from a fan's standpoint, to know that he's on another level behind the scenes is, is pretty cool to know. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we'd be going over stuff and, you know, be going through the motions and everything. And, and you know, just a simple like you grabbed him in a headlock like this. Mm-hmm. Why don't you change up your footing 
take a step this way and grab him this way. And it's like, oh my God, like that looks a million times better. And you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even realize. Yeah. You wouldn't even realize. So he's, he, he's like got that kind of mind to him. He has like those minute details down where exactly. yeah, that's great. Exactly. Yeah. Who, who else was down there coaching or training when you were down there? Uh, uh, so we had the main coaches were Dr. Tom Pritchard, okay. yeah. uh, Steve Kern, Dusty Rhodes, uh, and Norman Smiley. And a few months after I got there, Ricky Steamboat was pretty consistent as a trainer. And then uh, Midian would yeah. show up randomly trying okay. to get a job and everybody was kind of like, I oh, would just kind of feel bad. Let them hang around for a little while, a little while, you know, and uh, you know, don't let them teach anything. Just let them, just let them hang around. <laughs> so that was, that was a random person that would show up wow, okay. looking for a job. Real nice guy. But it was, it was funny whenever he would show up because everybody was like, Oh God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> now you're, you were a fan your whole life growing up as a kid watching wrestling. Oh yeah. So how was it to, Maybe I not nothing against Norman Smiley, but even to work with like Dusty Rhodes and Ricky Steamboat, two legends of the business, mm. like on the forefront. How was that being able to like pick their brain or work with them when you were down there? It was insane to even yeah. even thinking about it now. Yeah, you know, looking back, it's like my God, like that's what I had at my fingertips. These mm. the two, what are the two, the two greatest minds in wrestling? Whenever I wanted, yeah. asking questions, what do we know, pick, being able to pick their brains. But it was like, it was like it was surreal. Mm-hmm. It was it was surreal to be around those guys and have them teach us. Which again, insane to even think about. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, there was the uh, FCW document documentary that came out on the on the WWE Network. Did you happen mm-hmm. to catch that at all when it came I out? Did. I yeah. did. Yeah. What you, did it? Did it kind of? Uh, give the good good shot behind the scenes did they kind of maybe not tell everything but did, did it give like a good representation of what you guys experienced down there when it was oh absolutely absolutely yeah. because compared to the performance center now which i haven't been to but you know you see videos and of pictures and, stuff, and it's like i compare it to rocky four so the pc is like where ivan drago is training mm-hmm. and fcw is the the mountains in Russia or wherever he is, wherever Rocky is training. Yeah. It was a warehouse with three rings and no air conditioning and toilets that would back up constantly. Yeah, I remember them mentioning stuff like that on, on the documentary. It's pretty crazy to see where it comes where it came to now, uh, for where you guys were at training 10, 15 years ago. It's pretty, oh, absolutely. pretty wild. Yeah. Um, I be remiss not to ask you because I've heard the high spots document uh, interview with you about your mm-hmm. release. Um, can you just like you don't have to go through the whole story, but just not to bring up a negative time in your life, but just to kind of that story you told was pretty epic. That uh, the way you went through that, the, the yeah, no, absolutely, ball. yeah, yeah. So originally it was me, Rollins, and Moxley. We were getting something to eat. Um, and it was a day off. It was like it was a rare Friday that we had off. Mm. So we went to the beach and we noticed while we were eating that main roster cuts were happening. Now, when main roster cuts happen, developmental cuts normally never took place. Mm. So we're like, okay, like we're all in the, we're all in the clear. We're good. Sucks for these guys, but it is what it is. Um, so then we go out on the beach, hanging out, and I think we were in 
a few of us like went in the water and everything, and all of a sudden, like a bunch of cop cars like show up on the beach, mm-hmm. like telling us to get out, and like, oh my god, like what do we do? And um, like they they put us in handcuffs, jeez, and said that we were on private property and that we were drinking in the ocean, which wasn't true. We were on private property, I guess, but we had no clue. Mm-hmm. Um, but they put us in handcuffs and gave us all tickets. And they took us out of the cuffs, obviously. And uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, like you were also being circled by like tiger sharks were in the area. So <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Thanks, I guess, for, you know, getting us out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, right then and there, just got handcuffed and got a $250 ticket for swimming and uh, get back to where our seats are. And then uh, Rollins was Rollins, of course, was the only one who was not involved in getting arrested. Mm. Um so we go back to our to our chairs and stuff. We're sitting down, telling the story, like what happened, how pissed off I was. Then all of a sudden, I look down at my phone. It's a private number. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> this is this is one of two things. This is either my parents calling me, or I'm about to get fired. Yeah. So I answer the phone. I'm like, hello. And it was somebody. This is so and so from WWE. We wanted to put you on a conference call with John Laurinaitis. My response was. Fuck. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, yeah. So then he say, he said, he's like, yeah, you know, we're, we're, unfortunately we have to release you. We love your work and everything. And at this time they had been telling me what to do on a weekly basis, dye your hair, cut your hair, wear trunks, do this, talk like this, you know? And I was one of the only people that they were, sending these emails to every week. So I'm doing everything that they tell me to do for uh, over a year straight. And so he's telling me, he's like, you know, we love your work, all this and that, you know, if we want you back three months, six months, nine months a year, we we want you back. So I'm like, well, why are you firing me? (laughs) You're telling me you want me back in three months. And he's like, well, I can't discuss that. Oh, right. So I was like, okay, great. So I asked him, I was like, so I'm just curious, like, what is the reasoning behind this? And he said, well, we don't see enough of yourself in your work. So I'm like, what? You've been telling me exactly what to do for over a year now. And I've been doing everything that you've told <laughs> me to do. And you're telling me you don't see enough of me in my work when I've had no part of doing whatever I've been doing. <laughs> it's all been you guys. So it, it was it was weird. I mean, it was all. And then he told me to give him a call whenever I yeah. wanted, like extra work or whatever. So again, called him and no answer, no response. Started doing extra work and saw him and just like blew me off. So I was like, oh, okay, wonderful. That's that's where we are. Yeah. So. so so it wasn't the last time you you did go back and do extra work after the the release for the. Oh number? yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was like it was it was pretty short after because like like he said he's like three months so yeah i was like all right i'm gonna give it three months and i'm gonna go (laughs) i'm gonna go back yeah just start doing extra work and uh yeah nothing came i I did i did extra work a few times over the years for them you know and that happens when they come locally to your area do you venture out to them and or yeah no whenever whenever they were in new york i would would, you know for for television or pay-per-view i would i would usually do extra work so all right cool yeah. Um. So post WWE, I think this may be my own personal opinion, but you're you're 
until today, your current stuff, your most noble stuff is Team Tremendous with Dan Barry. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a, a friendship you had before? And then you guys worked out something to get into a tag team together. How that how that come about? Yeah, so one of the, the I think the first show I did for FTW down in Long Island, um, I showed up and I was wearing a suit and a tie and everything because that's how I was told like show up, you know, looking presentable, no matter what kind of show it is. Right. And I get there and of course I'm the only one that's dressed like that and I show up like extra early, like when the ring crew is there. And Dan lived locally, so he was there too. And he came over to me. He's like, "You don't belong here. Like, let's go. Let's go to the bar." So we went to the bar on my first my first show for this company, and uh, we became friends like immediately. Okay. Um, and then again, I got hired pretty quickly after that. And when I got released, he was the first person I called. I'm like, "Hey, like, let's do something." Yeah. Um. So we were doing we were doing six man stuff. At first, because we had another guy named Ken Scampy, okay, who was uh, part of Team. He was uh, he was the original Team Tremendous. Okay, all right. And um, then he left wrestling shortly after that, and that's that's when we were like, okay, we got to figure out something, something to do now. And I was also teaming with uh, Bull James at the time too. Yes. Okay, and because that was in my mind, I'm like, okay, like. Got to try to be like a serious wrestler and do all this and that. And Dan brought up uh, for we were doing a Halloween show for interspecies wrestling. Okay. And he's like, "Why don't we dress up like like '80s detectives?" And I was like, "Ah, you know, I don't know. I kind of, you know, if anybody sees this, you know, I don't know how they're going to take it. I'm trying to get my job back. He's like, it'll just be, for, it'll just be one time. I was like, okay, we'll do it once. So we do it. And the reaction that we got was insane. Yeah. And we got to the back and we were like, well, I guess this is what we're doing from now on then. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just snowballed from there. Yeah. I think it was, uh, it was some good stuff. I just going back and watching matches on YouTube. It was, uh, I thought, I mean, I was shocked that maybe, I mean, I don't know how the communication was with other companies that you guys didn't venture out to maybe like a major company at the time, like whether it was TNA or go back or even get a try with, or go back to WWE with you two. I thought it worked and places of that were maybe even had like TV had, were kind of missing out on tag teams like you guys. It was kind of yeah. rare that you saw like a, a tag team like that. And, uh, was there ever any looks from other companies that maybe uh, gave you guys a shout, or did you guys reach we, out? We did impact a few times, okay, but nothing, nothing ever came from it. Um, WWE, we never, I never heard anything, yeah, anything from them. Um, but I mean, we were having a fun time. Sure, you know, we were we were working matches that, you know, working the Young Bucks and Red Dragon, War Machine, all these top guys you know so at the time we were like we don't really necessarily need a look from anybody because we're having all these matches that we've been wanting for a long time right now anyway so let's just have fun with this so i think we did uh we did we actually did like one of those off pay-per-views for tna okay i did like those one night onlys yes okay yeah yeah Yeah, so we did one of those and um that's actually a funny story too so we got we have I think 17 minutes for our match. All right. 
And it's me and Dan against this team called the New Heavenly Bodies. Justin Carino and I forgot the other guy's name, but they're really good. Okay. Really good guys. And it took place in Binghamton. And the referee that they were using was not a TNA referee. It was a local guy. So we're going, we're like halfway into the match. And the referee, uh, we look over to him. was like, how much time do we have? And he says, uh, you got, you guys got to go home, go home. So I'm like, Oh shit. Like, what did we do? Like the match has been going good. Like, did we make somebody mad? Mm. So we, we go home quick. And that's when I realized that the referee after the match after the match was over, I realized the referee never even had his earpiece in in the oh first boy. place. <laughs> so we get to the back, and Sanjay Dutt was the producer at the time, and he's standing there. He's like, "What was that? <laughs> you guys had like ten more minutes to go." Of and I'm like, "He told us to go home." <laughs> he's like, "I never said that." <laughs> and I look at him, and he's and the referee is like, "You know the." The crowd was really into it. I just figured you couldn't get any higher than that. Oh boy! And then I had to be like walked away from this guy because I wanted to <laughs> eat his throat. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then nothing came from Impact after that because we went ten minutes short. So yeah, what what's what time frame was that around? About what year? Do you that remember? was <sighs> maybe two. Th- 2017 or 18. Okay. I think. So it was rather recent. It was not, not too long ago. Yeah, um, no, 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 not too long. You mentioned uh the Young Bucks, Red Dragon. Uh you I you guys did work PWG as well, right? I believe. Yes. Uh, yep. was it uh, more than once? So because I remember seeing one match you guys going over. I'm not sure how many times you guys Yeah, we were there twice. We twice did um uh the DDT four tournament. Where we wrestled uh, the Beaver Boys of John Silver Sorry. and Alex Reynolds, and we were the opener, and we were told like, you know, PWG every every match you go all out. Mm-hmm. So the opener, you know, you're, it's, it's it's a great spot to be on the card because you set the the tone set for the, the pitch, rest of the yeah. show. Um, but again, it's PWG, and we were told like you guys got to impress. So we went out there and wrestled for like 25 minutes <laughs> and did everything that we could. But it worked. Um, we get to the back, and I think Roderick Strong was like, man, we got like an hour left now. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it was – and we wrestled uh, – we went back one more time and wrestled Candice LeRae and uh, no, another guy hmm. who was tagging with her at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Another guy. Um, your style for a bigger guy definitely sticks out. I think uh, you'd ask anybody that knew of you, the Canadian destroyer for a guy your size is definitely something notable. It's something I think you should be proud of. If not, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say it, but oh, um, that style sticks out for like a PWG crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, were you able to pull that off while you were there? Was that one of the moves you, you got in? Oh, I had to. Yeah, you had to. I had yeah. to. <laughs> it's a spot. I and it's a sidetrack story. I think I went to see you at a House of Hardcore show a few years back, mm-hmm. and uh, you were teasing it, but you never pulled it off. And I was like, I wasn't pissed at you, but I was like pissed. I was like, oh man, I wanted to see that live. I think it was yeah. one of the only times, I, or the first time I got to see you live. Yeah, and uh, I was looking forward. I think you also teased uh, 
like a tope suicida going into like a crowd and you like just stopped and like you went over like through the ropes. I don't know, it was fun. Yeah. It was it was a good time. But uh where well, do you remember where that show was? Uh it was Queens, Corona Queens. Yeah, so Tommy Dreamer uh is weird with that. So he's like because we had the ECW arena the next day. Okay. So he's like, you gotta save that. You save gotta that. save okay. this stuff for the ECW arena. I'm like, but I, I could do it both nights. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, nope. You save it for the ECW arena. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> You're the uh, boss. Yeah, another an, a story to go along with that. That that arena that that was at, which was wild to me. I haven't been to a a, a local show in a long time before that. And Beulah McGillicuddy was serving food. Yeah, I guess it's like a family of a family affair. <laughs> yeah. And then the bathroom there was just like one toilet, no doors around it, and everyone just like you're wait. It just it was it was a fun time. It was like it felt like uh, what I would think an old ECW show would be like. And I thought yeah. that was pretty awesome. Man. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we'll stick with House of Hardcore. Did you did you do a lot of shows with them? Uh, when you when you I don't know if he still does them anymore. Um, yeah, no, he doesn't do them anymore. But yeah, I I I did a bunch of shows with them. I actually helped train uh, at the House of Hardcore school. Okay, cool. They had it up here in Poughkeepsie at the Civic Center. Um, so I I would come by from time to time and help out and everything. And um, I think because I knew Tommy for a long time, he never really saw me work. Um. But once I started going there, and he'd show up consistently, so after that, he started booking me. With it. He started booking me by myself without Dan first. I mm-hmm. kept telling him, like, hey, like, I do the tag team thing, and we're we're pretty over. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you just put us on the shows? And he was like, ah, you know, I don't know. We don't. I don't know. I don't know you guys. <laughs> like, just trust me. It'll work. Yeah. It'll work. yeah, I think the, the first the first match that we were together, it was. Uh, a six man. It was me, Dan, and little Guido. Mm. Against I don't remember the other three. Okay. Um, maybe it might have been Vic Delicious, Hale Collins, and Anthony Green. Okay. I think. But after that match, um, we went to the back, and Dreamer Polo Society is like, "You guys don't even need to ask." To get booked, just show up, and you'll we'll, we won't get you on the show anyway. That's awesome. Man. I'm like, okay, sounds good. Were, so, were yeah. you, I'm sorry. Were you a fan of ECW growing up? Because I think oh, yeah. we're, we're around the same age. I think we're uh, I that time that time frame was. I mean, Attitude Era ECW was it was all there for us. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I grew up, uh, or I, I I was born in Brooklyn and I lived there for a few years, but. Um, I'd go down almost every other weekend to visit my grandparents and everything. So I'd be at my grandfather's house and two o'clock in the morning on MSG or what is that? Uh, New York 55, yeah. you know, ECW would come on and it was awesome. And I, that's, I also remember seeing on like local uh, cable access channels, mm-hmm. uh, there would be like some underground, like deathmatch wrestling and stuff too, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that kind of I loved I loved ECW, loved yeah, it. It was great. It was it was that uh, that alternative that I mean you you grew up with WCW and WWF. Yeah, and then you had that. It was on at a, a late at night, so it felt cool watching it as a kid yep. growing up. So I think uh, I don't know, it was awesome, man. It was a good time. Oh, uh, so so wrestling in house hardcore that was that, like I guess the closest thing you could be to wrestling in a especially Tommy running it. It's probably the closest thing you probably get to an ECW show. I guess. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, especially in the arena and everything and. Mm. 
if it's in the arena, people are going to chant ECW for whatever happens anyway. So yeah. to get an ECW chant during one of my matches, I thought was pretty awesome in the ECW arena. You know, so I thought that was pretty cool. It's got to be a bucket list uh, thing for you, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's go a little more current now. You're uh, Do you guys still yeah. go by the Righteous, as the Righteous? Do you guys still attend them currently with Vincent and Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Still uh, for, you know, as much as we can. The thing that sucks is that we're all – we all live in different parts of the country, so it's hard yeah. for us to be in one place together at the same time. You know, and yeah. with like flights and every, everything's so expensive now that it, you know, to get us all in one place, you're going to have to fly. That's 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 three flights for one match, you know, so a lot of promoters won't do that. So it's 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 tough to get us all in one place at the same time. But we're we're trying, of course, uh, to this to the start of you joining the ride. Just I, I think it was they already had the group going before you came along. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Uh, in Ring of Honor. Um, you showed up in a match with Vincent and Taven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when I saw that, like I, I saw you as a character uh, of the from Team Tremendous, where the, the cop outfit, the suit. And I'm me being a big horror fan. <coughs> I, I was already uh, driven towards Vincent because that character was just right up my alley. And then you yeah. come along and it kind of just like made it was almost like the final piece of that puzzle, in my opinion. Uh, how'd that come together? Again, I'm going to ask a similar question. Were you friends with or uh, acquaintances with Vincent before this, or is it kind of just Ring of Honor reached out to you, wanted to bring you in, type of thing? And that's yeah. What so I was friends with Vinny for you know we weren't like close, we knew each other. Okay, and um, I would go to this horror convention called Monster Mania in Southern New Jersey for I've been, a while. I've yeah, been. it's awesome. I love it. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And my buddy uh, Hale, we, me and him would go together, and he said, hey, uh, Vinny Marsegli is going to come along. Is that cool? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So he came, and we hit it off immediately. Mm. And we, I think that first weekend that we hung out, we actually started discussing <sighs> stuff for me to join the Righteous. And this is like – this is 2019, I think. Maybe even earlier than that. Uh, so – you know, we're talking here and there and everything, texting back and forth for a while. And I think the plan was to try to get me in right after Bateman. Okay. Got in, at, in Final Battle of 2019. I was supposed to be there, but they held off. And then COVID hit. So that was canceled for or postponed for a bit. And it wasn't until... 2021 yeah last i don't know these past three years have been an absolute blur i'm with you <laughs> so, yeah yeah so uh the anniversary show 2021 is what i debuted so it was supposed to happen earlier but it didn't and uh i mean the thing covid really screwed it up for wrestling in general um so when shows started coming back it was like the GCW, then the younger crowd, the newer crowd, or not the crowd, the newer, newer talent and everything that was starting to come back. And me and Dan weren't getting as many calls as we previously were. And um, it's not that we weren't that we were forgotten about or it's ran its course. It was just like you know this. They you know, new people coming along, mm. you know, and there's spots to be filled now that wrestling was shut down for 
eight months, it's like everything's canceled now, so we're going to restart. So everybody's going to fight for their spot. Mm-hmm. And um, so once that started happening, that's when Ring of Honor reached out to me again. And I was like, okay, so it's kind of at a good time, you know, me and Dan aren't really doing too much right now, so I got this going for me now. So. Yeah, and that's kind of how that happened. And I, I think you came in and was it a cinematic match that they were kind of doing with them? I remember seeing, or at yeah. least, yeah. And I thought that was awesome. I think that uh, at that during the pandemic, we kind of got exposed, like not we got a, an influx of cinematic matches. Yeah, um, and I thought they were great. I think it fits that style, your guys' characters to the. You can do so much more and and make it a little more. Uh, creative than you could maybe in a live aspect so oh absolutely and that and that's the thing with the group and that's why we're not as prominent on the indies right now is because what we do is kind of made for television mm-hmm. you know like you can't really follow us doing indies because it's like we can't do what we want to do we can't get everything out there in one in, in 15 minutes yeah <laughs> You know, and then never be seen for another eight months. You know, it's real hard to do. So that that kind of is it's like a, um, a blessing and a curse, yeah. you know, because like I said, everything that we're doing is made for television. And the stuff that we are doing is, is good. And, you know, I really hope that one day, hopefully soon that, you know, we're able to, you know, show the world what we can actually do instead of being, you know, ring of honor was great and everything, but man, being in those empty arenas is just, it's gotta be the hardest thing, right? It really is. It really, really is. Cause you're, you're playing to nobody Mm -hmm. and it's just weird. Yeah. You know? So if, they started bringing back fans earlier and they were doing tapings with fans. I think that we would have, you know, gotten over a little bit more, Mm -hmm. you know, and then we were headed in a great direction. And unfortunately the company was sold right as we were starting to pick up steam. So company was sold. Everyone knows Tony Khan picked it up. Um, You guys were, you guys got the TV match, the pay-per-view match against uh, Dalton Castle and the boys. Um, was there any talks with Tony Khan about maybe keeping you guys around for that ring of whatever he's going to do with ring of honor? Or was it never even discussed to have that work? So I don't even think, I don't think anybody really knows what's going on with ring of honor right now. Um, yeah, we, we, we talked a little bit, but they said, yeah, like, we'll, we'll let you know, Mm -hmm. like once we figure everything out. But, um, I think that it's just, it's a lot. To, to juggle all this stuff for one guy, sure. you know, because they got, you know, two weekly television shows mm-hmm. plus dark and elevation. So yeah. that, that, that's four shows. That's four AEW shows in a week. And taking on a brand new company and trying to start over said company, that's, it's, it's, it's tough to do. So, yeah. you know, we're just kind of playing the waiting game right now, but I think something will come eventually. Yeah, you, I, I, me as a fan of you guys, I hope that as well. I think you guys deserve the, the TV time, the exposure more or less than anything. Um, I guess I, if my end, my one of my final questions is what, and you kind of answered it there, like what is the future for 
Dutch or Bill Carr, what do you think you see happening uh, in, the, in the next few months? They just continue to do continue to work and wait for a call or what are you, you guys pushing for uh something to happen yeah i mean i think you'll be you'll be seeing us sooner than later hmm. i hope we'll see <laughs> yeah i mean obviously the, the a lot of things come out on the internet things are talked and you're i mean you guys kind of play it off yourself i don't i i kind of want to ask i mean you got you and vincent obviously with the post on instagram and twitter hmm. there's you throw things in there, you get people talking like myself. I'm a huge Bray Wyatt fan. I think there's a connection there. I'm not saying you don't have to answer anything, but mm-hmm. there's definitely some sort of buzz behind that. Um, and I, if it is ever going to happen, and I know you're friendly with Bray. I've heard interviews. Have, you've had stories with him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be a perfect place for you guys, whether or not it happens or not. I mean, hey, you guys do what we got to do. But uh, I hope to see you guys soon on a television aspect, whether it's WWE, AEW, Impact, whatever, bring it back at Ring of Honor if it starts up again. But uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. same here. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, last question for you. It's a two-parter. Uh, I probably could have gave you this before the show, so you can prepare for it. Uh, Mount Rushmore of wrestlers, and you're a big horror fan. I know that Mount uh, Mount Rushmore of horror movies. Okay, so yeah. wrestlers, per- personal personal favorites. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hogan, Stone Cold, Jerry Lynn, mm. and Stan Hansen. Wow, like that. Stan Hansen, I mean, that's eclectic group. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Lynn RVD matches from ECW. Uh, amazing. So oh, Stone, Stone okay. Cold and Hogan speak for themselves. So uh, good. And then for uh, horror movies, Mount Rushmore horror, horror movies. See, this is tough because you can ask me this question tomorrow and it could be completely <laughs> <Change> it. different. <laughs> So for uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is always in my top five. Original? Uh, original Texas okay. Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Lost Boys Great. we'll go with. Um, oh, man. <clears throat> Cannibal Holocaust. Okay. And um, you know we'll go with the Devil's Rejects because I just watched it the other day again, and it's 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 timeless. <laughs> yes. That's up there for me as well. I, yeah. I, I I'd like to think I know my fair share of horror movies, and I maybe not uh, up to date. I get shit from my cousin who's a big horror fan. He gives me a crap all the time for not knowing uh, some of the classics. But I, I I'm with you on those. Yeah. Um, Lost Boys, they're making a remake though. I think uh, I saw that. Yeah, I I I wanted to ask you. I guess we can keep this in there or whatever. But uh. Horror movies now, I think it's kind of hard. Maybe not hard, but it's rare that we see an original piece. It's always like a remake or a play of something. Is yeah. there is there a space for an original horror movie now? I feel like it's we don't see them ever. I mean, so this year, um, I think my top three are Barbarian. I just saw that. that was great. Which. I went into it and I was told to go into it not knowing anything. Don't watch a trailer. Don't look up the plot. Don't look up anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that made it that much better for me because if I knew about it, it kind of just would have been another horror movie. Yeah. You know, great cast, uh, great unexpected cast because I didn't, again, I didn't know who was in it or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, loved that. Um, X was another good one. Great. I think that was, uh, 
if we're going with original horror, I think Ty West is the next the next guy, mm-hmm. or maybe he's the guy right now for horror. And I just I just watched Pearl the other night. I didn't get, I didn't catch that yet, but I've heard uh, heard it came out recently. I believe, right? Yeah. So yeah. I actually I listen. I loved X. I thought that was great. Um, I talked to a few friends about Pearl. They said it's not as good as X, but I actually wound up liking this more. Mm-hmm than X and it's just the way that it's filmed um, the score the acting uh, there are two notable scenes for me that are just like so unnerving mm-hmm. they don't have anything to do there's no gore or anything in these two scenes I mean it's it's, it's a pretty gory movie but yeah um, so was X so that's expected. yeah <laughs> yeah so there's like a seven-minute monologue from uh, Mia Goth, who plays Pearl in the movie, and it's it's done in one shot, mm-hmm. same frame, and I thought that was just amazing that for seven minutes straight, she just went and went and went. And then the credits. The credits are – it's one of the best things I've seen. Yeah. It's, it's just her smiling as the credits are rolling. But Ty West never called cut. Mm. He just kept filming her with this smile on her face. And you can tell that she's just getting more uncomfortable as the seconds go by to the point where she starts to cry and like she's tearing up and everything. (laughs) And it's just watching that is just so like, holy shit. Like this is, it's, 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 like I said, it's, it's, it's unnerving, but yeah. I, I love the both of them. I think Pearl is a little bit better. But, um, okay. yeah, I mean, those three this year are probably my top three. So I guess it kind of goes against my my point of maybe getting original because I, pre- I think those are pre- rather original, especially X. And then Barbarian has that the, the aspect to it. It's definitely original. And uh, that – those three, I mean, again, they all came out this year. Yeah. But before these three movies, the last ten years – I mean, you get The Conjuring, Insidious, but other than that, there's nothing really. Everything's kind of been done before. Yep. I, I, ha- I haven't watched the Hellraiser remake yet. I heard that was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't checked it out yet either. And the new Halloween, I've I have I, I've been deterred away from watching it because of oof. all the the reviews. And I'm my cut my one of my brother in law is a big fan, so I go by him sometimes. He's like, "Don't." I was like, "All right, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait." It 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 easily replaced. Uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 <laughs> as the worst movie in the Halloween franchise. Maybe the worst, one of the worst movies of all time, I'd say. <laughs> all right, man. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, taking the time out, especially during the holidays, too, to, to come on here with me. And, of course, uh, man. Absolutely. Maybe, Whatever you want. Maybe, I, I, could, we'll I, a, I, I could talk for hours. So. <laughs> maybe we'll have a part two strictly about horror movies. I think we could. Uh, I would absolutely love that. Done. All right, man. Uh, thank you for your time again, Bill. I uh, appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you. All right.